Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Krista joins me on the podcast today to chat about what I think are the only two steps of effective marketing. And yes, I believe that effective marketing really only requires two steps or two focuses. And if you focus on doing these two things well, I think you'll see more engagement, more leads, more bookings or sales, and just experience less of that headache of trying to figure out where your next client or customer is going to come from. So we chat about why content marketing is so effective, common mistakes we see people make with their content, and what businesses can do to get the most out of their content marketing efforts. If you haven't listened to our episode on lead generation, which I think is something like episode 173, you'll want to check that one out as well. As always, be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources that we mentioned during the episode. And if I may, ask a favor of you. If you've enjoyed listening to the Brands That Book Podcast, if you found this episode helpful, if you wouldn't mind heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review, reviews really help. And really, they help us understand whether we're on the right track with the content that we're making. All right, so before we jump into this episode, I want to share with you the tool that we're using to record, host, and share this podcast because it has made our lives, honestly, so much easier. And that tool is Zencaster. Before switching to Zencaster, I had accrued a ridiculous amount of subscriptions to make this podcast happen. And I finally realized what a nightmare my podcasting workflow had become when I went to train another team member on it and had to walk them through all of these different apps that I use. So finally, I made the switch. I was pretty nervous about doing so, but it ended up being a seamless experience. And the best part, this one tool Zencaster has replaced almost every other app that I use for my podcast, which saves me so much money each month. A few things that I really like about Zencaster and were important to me. First, Zencaster has a video component. It's a lot easier to have a conversation with someone when you can see the person that you're chatting with. Plus, if you do have a video podcast, they make it easy to record and distribute the video. Separate tracks was a must. It eliminates chances of audio quality issues. And, you know, honestly, there are just too many features for me to cover here. So check out their website for a full list of features. Go to zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code Davy and Krista. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. You can also find more information about Zencaster in the show notes and our blog. And remember, we only ever recommend tools that we know and trust. Now, on to the episode. All right. I've really leveled up this week. What do you mean? Do you mean your podcast setup? Because you now have this like colorful board. Is it a soundboard? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a mixer. A mixer. You kind of look like a DJ because it has all of these like rainbow colors on it. And then they're the buttons that make like sounds. Yes. Yes. Oh, you don't have your headphones on. There's just an applause. Oh, okay. Yeah. So whenever I feel like I need someone to cheer for me, I'm just going to hit that button. Jack thinks this is like the most fun thing ever. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing too is like I could, I think I could make my voice sound like a monster here. So as I talk, I think right now the monster effect is on. 
Can you so, hear it? You also gave me headphones that... I can't hear it, but I've gone back. I've hopefully turned it <laughs> off. <laughs> Otherwise, this whole episode, my voice is just going to be a monster. It's Halloween, so that could be fitting. Did you like add that or does it come pre-programmed with different things? So it comes pre-programmed, but I believe you can download other effects and load them onto your board. You also gave me these headphones to wear, which I don't like wearing. Like they were not made... You would think that they were made by like geeky people who wear glasses, but I don't think they were because- Do only geeky people wear glasses? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I wear glasses. <laughs> just, no. The ultimate projecting here. I love how you just, you know, but anyways. I just think of like the Apple nerds with their like hipster glasses and like the headphones are horrible to wear with glasses. They, they are. Like, they they are. squeeze it on your head and it's not fun. And yeah. also the headphones are really weird because I feel like I can't really hear myself talk well. So they are on the floor right now. Yeah. And that's why I got these headphones for this mixer. So mm. I got the Rode headphones that go with the Rode mixer because you can, you can hear yourself a little bit. The Apple ones, you have to get this special adapter. They are, I mean, for how expensive Apple headphones are, they are actually pretty annoying. And Did I've you been, give me the special adapter or? Yeah, it has a special adapter, but even with the adapter, and again, this goes back to why I got this second set of headphones mm -hmm. it's because it just doesn't work well. Like I'm thinking about selling those. Oh. I just haven't been impressed. One of the first Apple products that I just haven't been impressed with. Mm. Anyways, I'm excited for this episode. I mean, I, I feel like I've leveled up with the mixer. I also got a tattoo. So just, <laughs> just a personal You could not wait to share. Up. I know. I'm just more legit now. <laughs> Have you shared the actual tattoo on Instagram? I know you shared like the actual like being drawn on. No, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's one of those things where if, if you see me in person and want me to, want to ask about it, then I'll answer it. But I'm not going to go through the whole Thankfully, thing it's online. not in like an awkward place to show people. It's on your arm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why that would be a concern for you. Like I was going to get in awkward place. But like, Anyways, imagine this, if it was like on your back and everybody's like, I want to see your tattoo. And then you have to like lift up your shirt yeah, and show like, them your back. Exactly. You're like, you're just not like, if you're standing at a restaurant with people, you're just not going to take off your shirt to right. show a tattoo. That's a good point. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But before this episode gets too out of control, <laughs> and it might already be because we like, we might have to re-record it because that monster thing, I'm excited to listen back to see if it actually worked. But we are talking about effective marketing. And I really believe that effective marketing has two steps. And that's it. Seriously, it's only two steps. <laughs> All right. I really do think that. I mean, I work with a lot of different businesses mm -hmm. on like a coaching consulting level. Right. And, you know, I think this advice, I can't think of a single instance where it hasn't worked for somebody. Okay. I'm thinking about what the steps are and I'm thinking about whether some people will be able to do the first step. Maybe we should just explain what they are. Yeah. So I think if you, I think effective marketing is about being able to create effective content or good mm -hmm. content, all right, helpful content, whatever you want to call it. And the second part is about generating leads, okay. right? If you can create great content, typically you're going to generate more leads anyways, but if you can nail the lead generation piece, right? Those two things together. And what you're going to see is more consistent business, business that you don't have to hustle for, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I've definitely been part of businesses like, like this, where it feels like, oh man, where's our next client going to come from? Right. right? But once you start nailing these things, you know, it seems like, okay, you're just getting consistent inquiries, right? right? I mean, heck for our photography business, we still get a couple inquiries a week. And this is, and we closed the doors almost five years ago, four years so ago. No, it's like seven years ago now. Right? No, it was when Jack was born. We stopped taking weddings. Okay. So like four and a half we years ago. We weren't shooting a lot then, even then, like towards the end. We weren't shooting Anyways. very much. Yeah, no. Yeah. But still that's a long time. 
Yeah. Part of that is also because we rank well on search results and we haven't taken down the website yet. Yeah. We use it for examples and things like that, but we are, we're going <laughs> to, the plan is actually by the end of this year or early next year to, you know, take that show at account and use it for another, you know, side project because uh-huh. we, we need another side project. But anyways, that's what I want to talk about in this episode is what does it look like to create what, well, you know, why content is effective? What does it look like to create the kind of content that's going to drive things like inquiries, you mm-hmm. know, and drive people through your funnel? And then, you know, why lead generation is important. We actually recorded an episode and published a blog post on lead generation, which drops this week, which it's the week of Halloween. So if you're listening, well, if you're listening, you've definitely, this content, the, the lead generation content is dropped. I think yeah. it's episode 173. Yeah. So check that out. And what we talk about in that episode is really what makes a great lead generation offer. All right. So I think, you know, after creating, I don't even know how many, different downloads that we've created just for our own business. Like, I think we have a spreadsheet, but we don't even update it. But we were like 20 plus. Yeah. And then let alone all the businesses that we've worked with, both with DK and Till. All that to say, we've looked at a lot of these. Mm -hmm. So looking at the ones that generate a lot of emails and ones that don't, Right. right? And what the difference is, is we talk about really four things you have to have down. So check out that episode for more information on that. Really, we're going to focus a little bit more on the content side of things today. All right. And the two obviously tie into each other. Like if you're good at creating just, you know, what I call your core piece of content, Mm -hmm. all right, on whatever frequency that is, then you're also probably going to be pretty good at creating, you know, a a various download that collects an email address. And for somebody who all of this is brand new, when you say creating content, do you mean blog posts? Is that like the bulk of what you're talking about? You know, I have written content in mind because I really like written content mm-hmm. and that's a lot of what we publish. Even with the podcast, oftentimes there's a corresponding blog post that's going to go with it. Right. With that said, you know, what I call core content could be written, it could be an audio recorded like podcast type mm-hmm. piece of content or it can be video recorded content like on YouTube. Do you think it could be like an Instagram post or a reel or do you think it's more like stuff that is searchable from Google. Although podcasts aren't searchable by Google, but most people do a blog post to have the show notes. Yeah, that correspond. That correspond. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And podcasts are searchable, but it's searchable only to specific platforms, right? Like, right. you know, Google iTunes. Music or iTunes or whatever, right? So loosely, when I'm saying content, I'm talking about really like YouTube, podcasts, blog posts, uh-huh. right? Or, you know, pages that you create on your website, of course, as well. Regarding Instagram, so... I would say for the purposes of this post or this podcast episode, I don't really count Instagram, right? As where you would create your core content. Mm -hmm. I would see Instagram as a place that you distribute that content, Uh but not that core, you know, piece of content that you're creating. Got it. That's not true for every business, Mm -hmm. right? Some businesses, like their primary presence is going to be on a social media platform. And so where they're like, they're literally creating content for that I social like media. Instagram influencer, blogger type exactly. people who maybe are showing off outfits. I'm thinking about the Liver King. <laughs> if you haven't seen the... You cannot get through an episode without mentioning Liver King. Well, you know, but again, I mean, just to demonstrate why, uh-huh. right? You know, back when, I forget, I used to use Chubbies as an example. And Chubbies, for anybody listening, is a... They used to make these really short shorts you know, think Are about not like short shorts anymore. I no, I think oh. so. But I, that's the point is like, I'm in a totally different season of life where I'm not paying attention to that company anymore. Right. right. And you know, so like, you're not always going to have people's attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So I, I, you know, I can't really remember, you know, where I was going with that. Well, uh, how, how did you get it? Liver King? Yeah. Well, thinking about Liver King, you know, or just any, like, I'm not reading Liver King's blog. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has a blog. <laughs> you know, I know he has various websites that are associated with his different products. But, you know, my guess is that when he's thinking through content, he's thinking through content specifically for maybe Instagram. He's probably on TikTok, I would think. You know, he's probably thinking about content for those specific channels. So, you know, there are he definitely exceptions. A video library. I don't know if I see yeah, it. I don't I'm see sure. a blog. But that's the thing is like he probably has videos that he cuts up for various platforms. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there is like core content, you know, behind the scenes that's being shot and probably right. distributed in different different places. Anyways, all that to say, I didn't want to come off and just say, oh, yeah, no. Core count content can't be created for Instagram or for TikTok or whatever. Because right. that's not my point. My point is that like, you know, that's one step removed to me. Like really think through the kind of content that you can record or write that's going to be super helpful for people Mm -hmm. and then think through distribution, you know, because if you're recording a video, you can take that video, you can publish it to YouTube as like the full video and you can cut it up into a million, in a million different ways probably and share it across Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and you know, wherever it is that your audience is hanging out. Is content always free? Yeah to receive from people? Well, I'm thinking about from a marketing perspective. Yes. Yes. Right. Like, so your marketing content should be free. free, Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, we we won't get into like tripwire products and things like that. So what we're talking about is content marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that content is going to be free. Now, when we get to talking about lead generation, it's going to probably be gated behind, you know, some sort of wall that's going to make you put your email address in, or it's going to make you put your phone number in or something like that but content is typically going to be free. But the reason that we're talking about content marketing is because it's the best way to demonstrate your competency in a particular topic, right? So I think that content for us is the best way to demonstrate that we are really good at brand and website design. Mm -hmm. You know, over at Till Agency, it's the best way to demonstrate that we are really good at managing digital ad campaigns, Mm -hmm. right? So I think it's content's the best way to demonstrate that. And it's also the best way to demonstrate like the efficacy or how effective your product or service is, right? right? And so those are two obviously really closely correlated ideas. But the latter part there, that it's the best way to demonstrate how effective your product or service is, it's also the best way to demonstrate like who it's effective for, Right. So is this going to be like through testimonials and things or like how would you capture that kind of content or capture that kind of like showing it off like in content? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because really people are looking for the best product or service for them and their needs. And when you look at digital advertising, for instance, like there's digital advertising for all sorts of different industries. You know, over at Till, we're not going to be the best fit for every single industry out there. Right. But if you're in like online education, coaching, memberships, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are going to be, you know, maybe the best option out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we also have a, an ideal client for Davy and Krista as well. Right. Going back to fitness industry, right? Just because I think it's really easy to identify sort of the differences in uh-huh. the fitness industry. You probably have companies that are more, their marketing is more geared towards people who want to get in shape for maybe like a weightlifting or physique competition, right? And so that's a very specific like type of person, right? right? Other people, maybe they want to get fit, but they're not trying to, you know, enter some sort of like competition, mm-hmm. right? But instead, they really just want to be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to avoid things like seed oils and unnatural products, things like that. And so, you know, Liver King and some of his companies come to mind, right? Because that's who they're reaching is like, you know, health and being, 
you know, vitality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go break the world record in bench press or I'm going to go and do this bodybuilding I've competition. I've never gotten one of those ads, so I must not be the not, ideal not person. Not the target market, right? <laughs> I get the Kayla It's Jeans ones. Well, I follow a lot of people who like, you know, they talk about microplastics and... I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, and they, co- they talk about microplastics and seed oils and, you know, things like that. And so, of course, like I'm going to get more ads and content that's oriented towards that, yeah. you know. But content marketing is the best way to demonstrate that. And again, going back to Liver King, right, or Dave Ramsey or anybody who you know, they share all this really great, helpful, free content, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not I mean, Liver King's content is entertaining at the very least. Right? He's like a personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I follow him on that level. You know, I th- I find his his stuff entertaining, mm-hmm. and so that's why I follow it. Whereas, like Dave Ramsey, for instance, like I find his content really helpful. And uh-huh. there was a season of our life where we were trying to pay off things like student loan, right? And so, but you know, he's basically taking the same concepts, repackaging them in different ways, mm-hmm. but always staying on message. Right. And think about how effective that's been for him. Right. You know, so we should seek to be, if not the liver king of our industry, the you know, Ramsey. the Dave Ramsey of our industry, right? <laughs> I feel like our audience probably can relate more to Dave Ramsey than liver king. Like I see liver yes. king and I'm like, you are a scary human being. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some common mistakes that people make when creating content? Yeah. So mistaking the platform for the content. So we talked about that a little bit. You know, I guess we hit on that a little bit with Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, so like people, I think get so obsessed with like, trying to come up with these hacks that are somehow going to make content go viral without really focusing on the content itself. So it's uh-huh. like when to post to Instagram. Or you know? adding a hashtag. Yeah, or your, your hashtag strategy. And all, it's not that that stuff doesn't make a difference, but really if the content's bad, it doesn't matter what your hashtag strategy is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a big mistake is mistaking the platform for the content itself. Instagram is not, you know, it's a, it's a platform for content. Right. But Instagram is not like mastering when to share your content is not a strategy for your content. You know, the spaghetti approach, I think is another mistake that we see people make. So creating a bunch of stuff without intentionality and hoping it will work. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that if I'm going to make a mistake, that this would be the mistake I would make. I think it's better if you're listening and you're like, I don't know where to start, just start. Right. You know, I think the the thing about the spaghetti approach is that eventually you do figure out what will stick, right? <laughs> or what resonates with your audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't think that this is terrible, especially if you're just getting started. I think it's always good to try something new, even though you might not really have a full understanding of like why it will work or why, you know, or, or whatnot or the purpose behind it. But I definitely think that you can get into, you can just, businesses can default to that mm-hmm. where it's just like, we're just going to create a bunch of content and kind of hope it works out. Right. Inconsistency, showing up across, you know, just kind of random platforms, not sharing consistently on those platforms. Content doesn't have a consistent theme. You know, imagine if Dave Ramsey was like, you know, one day talking about like. Favorite shoes. I don't know. Yeah. His favorite shoes are like, that's even more random, but there are so many different topics within finance, you know, that he could talk about, right? He probably knows a lot about all these different topics within finance, but really, like, what is his bread and butter? You well, know? I mean, I see people doing that with their businesses all the time. It's like they confuse their ideal client with, like, being a, a microblogger or a influencer online. And so they're sharing about, like, favorite things that really have nothing to do with what they're trying to book or, like, what they're trying to educate their ideal clients on. Yeah. It's not that you can't ever include anything, but you're, like... We can talk about things other than websites or brands or marketing, but we just don't want to do that so often that it drowns out our message and our 
consider like a content that people should be consuming from us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not an, a podcast episode that goes by where I say something like, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. right. There's just certain themes that we're always going to be, be hitting on. And again, it goes back to that idea of being the liver king of your, or the Dave Ramsey of your we got to come up with another right? example. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that people are going to go and they're going to look up Liver, Liver King, King and, and they're, they're going like... to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So, and again, not going to be for everybody. I'm trying to think. Most of his stuff is like PG though. It's not, it's not stuff that you- But you've like used him as examples in like web, like webinars and people don't know who he is. Yeah. I mean, I think that's okay because <laughs> okay. people are going to go and-, and Look him up. You know, but anyways, not the point, but consistency matters. And I would say like- you know, you don't have to create a piece of content every single day, but you should be creating a core piece of content at least weekly, mm. right? Like you should have, you know, think about like that blog post or that podcast episode or that video that's going to go live every single week, mm-hmm. ideally on the same day. And then you're going to take that piece of content and you're going to share the heck out of it over the course of the next week, couple weeks, yeah. months, years until that content is no longer relevant. Right. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute as well. But consistency really does matter. Both right. in messaging and the frequency in which you're creating content. So we've talked about what not to do. What are some tips that you have for creating better content? Yeah, I would say real quick before we get to that, the last okay. thing I, I do want to talk about relevancy, which oh, you okay. just you just hit on this a bit, where I think a lot of times we look at maybe the influencers in our industry that are selling to us mm-hmm. and mistake it as you know the types of things we should be doing with our audience, right? right? So if you're a photographer, you know looking at the other photographers that are in your industry that are selling courses to other photographers and then trying to recreate what they're doing, right? Like, like if you are trying to book brides and grooms, you shouldn't really be talking about lens types. Like they don't care at all. They just want beautiful images. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that you definitely can't talk about that, but that's probably not going to be the reason that somebody books you is because they go to your website and you're talking about the difference between a 50 millimeter lens and a 35 millimeter lens and you know, whatever, like they might think, oh yeah, she's pretty smart. Like she knows these things. Right. But at the end of the day, what they're going to be doing or what they're going to want to know is that you know your content, right? right? Or you know how to create a beautiful image. In all situations, regardless of this, you know, they want to feel confident that you're going to create beautiful images like on their wedding day. Yeah, exactly. So relevancy is important as well. Okay. So next part, what were we heading towards? It's just tips for creating better content. Yes. Which we've kind of talked a little bit about a lot of these as we talked about what not to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, focusing on your ideal client and reflecting on your customer journey, we talked about this in sort of a corresponding episode to this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our episode on, you know, coming up with a content marketing plan like a CMO, you should go and check that one out. But we just talked about the importance of focusing on your ideal client always. You know, who is it that you want to buy from you or book you? and creating the kind of content that they'll be interested in. Not getting distracted by what everybody else is doing in your industry. So thinking back to the kinds of questions that you are frequently asked, maybe in your discovery meetings with them or in your inquiries, or like if you have a chat, like through the chat, or even on social media, like what are people asking you about your services? Yeah, and I think paying attention to the questions that you're asked is one of the best sources of content. Mm -hmm. But really taking the time, going through, a client timeline activity, you know, which again, I reference this in the CMO episode, right? but basically understanding like the customer journey and thinking through the kind of content that would be helpful in different parts of the customer journey, mm-hmm. you can end up creating some really great content along the way. And that's the whole point of content, right? It's to move people from one part of the customer journey 
to the next part of the customer journey all the way until they book or purchase. And then even after that, right? And I think that's one of the mistakes that we see people make is they think that content marketing stops when somebody books or purchases. Mm -hmm. But actually you can create great content for your customers that helps them get the best possible value out of your product or service that's going to make them happier and either going to lead to referrals or repeat purchases. I mean, even our clients that we're working one-on-one with, like for our website, I send them so many links to our blog posts because there are other things that they need to do that maybe we don't do for them. Like we don't create their lead magnet typically. Like that's the content that they'll create on their own. But like I send them a link to our blog post that shows them how to make that or like a comparison between like Flowdesk and ConvertKit. So they they have, because that's a decision that they ultimately decide for themselves. Like we can guide them, but there's so many things outside of even working with us that all that content helps them with. Yeah, and when people feel like they have a guide through those things, they're going to be much more likely to remark on your service or product to others, mm-hmm. you know? So really focusing on, you know, that client avatar that you've created and then also the customer journey. Are there anywhere else, like other sources that people can, besides like direct questions from your possible clients that people can find like questions for content? Yeah. Any SEO tool out there that has a keyword research component to it, you mm-hmm. know, you can type in something really generic, you know? So for us, like we might, I might go in and just type in website design mm-hmm. and then see what the related searches are. Right. And then you just kind of do that over and over again and it will continually give you maybe different ideas, right? Right. It will also give you an idea of how many people search for that topic each month. And so that would give you an idea of whether it's something that's worth creating content around. Mm-hmm. Google Trends is another, you know, helpful tool that's going to help you along the same ways, you know, just going to Google and starting to type something in, seeing how it finishes your sentence, right? Right. Or looking at the related searches. You know, when you Google something, it'll say typically one of the sections of the search results pages will be something like people also search, right. you know, and it'll have different questions that you can, you know, with an accordion drop down, things like that. Uh-huh. All of that can be helpful in kind of coming up with uh, keywording and content research. Answer the public is a fun little tool where you can put a topic in there and then it's going to give you, I don't know, I don't even know how to, it's like a diagram of- Like a circle with all these things around it. Different ways that people are asking about that con- or different questions that people have about that content. So you could put in like website design again and I'd be, and I'd be like, what is website design? Like who is website design for? Website design platforms, you know, yeah, things like that. all like related ones. And that will really help you create- content specific to, you know, what you're doing and content that people are actually searching for. You know, I would say focus on the benefit of the content when sharing about it. So, you know, as we transition our our topic here to how to get the most out of your content, Mm -hmm. right? This again, one of the biggest mistakes that we see people make, they spend 99% of their time creating the content Mm -hmm. and then 1% of their time actually sharing said content. Right. I mean, to a certain extent, almost should be reversed, right? You want to create systems so that, you know, it takes you far less time to create content and then you're spending far more time actually sharing that content on a consistent basis. And we have an older podcast episode that we did about this topic, like a system, we shared my system for sharing things on all the different social media platforms and what I could repurpose for which platforms and so on. And maybe how like how long we continue to share on different platforms, like Pinterest forever, like Instagram will keep sharing for a certain amount of time and so on. 
Yeah, exactly. And we'll make sure we link to that content in the show notes for sure. Right. But you want to make sure just to get the most out of your content that you're sharing it on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you share a piece of core content each week, then you should share about that content every day that week. Then the next week, you should share about it probably three times, you know, at least of the five days of the work week. And then after that, you know, I would say at least on a weekly basis until, you know, at some point, right, there's not going to be room for it as much, you know, but then on a monthly basis after that. Right. Some of that's going to occur naturally, like just making sure that you're linking to related posts or just as we did, right? Like we just, we've mentioned probably two or three other podcast episodes that we've done that will be in the show notes of this, this podcast episode. Right. But when you're sharing, you want to focus on the benefit of that content when you're sharing. Mm -hmm. So what I mean is that you should be able to answer the so that question, you know, and basically the so that question is, you know, like if we were talking about lead magnets, Mm -hmm. we think lead magnets are interesting, right? Like they're interesting to us, you know, (laughs) like we like fooling around with new tools and, you know, stuff like that. But everybody else might be like, well, why should I care about this? Well, you should focus on lead magnets so that you can generate more emails on your email list so that you can generate more revenue for your business. Mm -hmm. And you can keep on going, right? You could play that game so that, you know, until you get to really, you know, what people are looking for, which is probably more flexibility in their lives because they're generating more revenue. More security for more income. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're really hyper-focused on the benefit because again, If you're a photographer and you're talking about lighting, Mm -hmm. remember your ideal customer probably doesn't care about lighting. They really care that, you know, as the sun's going down, that you're going to be able to create the best possible image with that lighting situation. Or if they're getting married in the middle of the day on the beach, you're going to be able to create the best possible image in that different Unless most of your income comes from educating other photographers. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, most of your income comes from educating other photographers, then by all means, talk about, (laughs) by all means, talk about lighting. You know, you can use power words in your headlines, you know, to pique curiosity, make bold claims, you know, those sorts of things. If you just Google power words, you know, adding power words to your headlines can make your headlines that much better. What is the plugin on our WordPress site that gives you, like it rates your headlines? Rank math. Rank math. Yeah. It's one of the many features of rank math. It gives you like a score for your headline. Yep. And it does say like, if you don't include a power word, your score goes down. Yeah, exactly. So something like rank math can really help on that front. You know, choose a platform and stick to it. You don't have to show up everywhere just when you're getting started. You know, like mm-hmm. we, it took us a while to expand out to other platforms. And now we can share and pretty much like we share to YouTube, we share to iTunes, we share to Instagram, we share we to- We don't do Twitter. <laughs> we don't do Twitter. We, you know, who knows? But, you know, choose a platform, stick to that platform, share consistently there, build an audience there. And as you feel like you have a system for that platform, then maybe share to another platform, especially mm-hmm. platforms that are similar like Instagram and TikTok, right. which, you know, aren't like exactly the same. But the content that you share to Instagram, you could probably repurpose for TikTok, you know, provided it's a reel. Right. Yeah. And then, like I said, be sure there's a common theme in your content. Cool. Yeah. So that was a lot. Lead generation, we haven't really got to yet. But a lot of what I'm talking about here for lead generation is what we talked about in episode, I think it's 173. Right. Right. So I highly encourage you to go over to the lead generation episode and listen to that. I will touch on just the high points here. Mm -hmm. All right. Lead generation is important in order to have a consistent pipeline of people who want to work with you, 
or people who are potentially going to buy your product. And when you're referring to lead generation, you typically are referring to people who maybe give you your e- their email address or their phone number in exchange for like something free, right? Yeah, I'm talking about building a list of people mm-hmm. whose contact information you have, all right? So at least their email or at least their phone number. Right. And then who have raised their hand and said, I'm interested in the kinds of things you're talking about. So this is the kind of thing that you would use like Flowdesk to, to build, yeah. right? And so here's the thing. If you just focus on one of these two steps, mm-hmm. like if you just focus on the content piece and you get really good at creating this, you know, free content and sharing this core content, whether it be, you know, blog, YouTube, podcast, that's great. And that will likely still drive inquiries, which is good, mm-hmm. but it's not as powerful as getting the lead generation part of it set up as well. Right. Because with the lead generation part, you can actually reach out to these specific people who are interested. You can maintain engagement with them right? So that they hear from you once, twice a week, every day, you You know? You can let them know that you've created the new content that you created and hopefully drive more traffic to it. Exactly. So lead generation really, like once you get the content part uh, down, lead generation really amplifies that. Cool. All right. So I won't go through the lead generation formula here. Check out that episode if you're interested in that. But again, lead generation is step two of this. Mm -hmm. The great thing is the better you get at step one, the better you're going to get at step two. Yes, that's true. We definitely started with step one before we really nailed in on step two. Yeah, nailed in on step two. Anything else that we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think just listen to the lead gen episode because we go into a lot. We tried to come up with a cute acronym, but you'll hear about our acronym failure. (laughs) That's right. If you need help with a content strategy over at Till Agency, that's something that we help with. We can help people get dialed in on both of these steps. So check us out at till.agency. You can also follow us on Instagram at till.agency as well. But that is something that we've been doing a lot more of lately is really helping people with that side of things. Because if you can do that well, then everything else becomes more productive. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's your paid ad strategy or your organic strategy, whatever, creating effective content really goes a long way. Yes. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.